What's up, Dunwoody? Today's show is with two friends of the podcast, and we recorded it at Contrast Artisan Ales in old downtown Chambly. Many of you know Hayward Westcott, who we lovingly call the godfather of the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. He was one of our first guests and introduced us to most of our other first guests when we uh, first started looking for interviews. Alan Mothner was one of those introductions from Hayward. Alan ran the Nature Center at the time. So we met up with Alan and Hayward earlier this summer to talk about placemaking in Dunwoody. I had never heard the term before, but it really makes sense after having the conversation. Toward the end of the show, Alan mentions the Arts and Culture Master Plan that the city approved a little over a year ago. So nothing's really happened with this plan since it was passed, and Alan's really trying to jumpstart that initiative, putting public art around the city. He is part of a nonprofit board of art supporters called Create Dunwoody. He mentions the uh, fact that all of our neighboring cities have public art departments at City Hall that are found in the Economic Development Department. Because it's a proven fact that public art is kind of that intangible thing that does bring visitors to the city. So where do we begin? City Council has always had a tough time deciding what art would be accepted in Dunwoody. It's tough to go from nothing to completely, you know, graffitied buildings and all types of crazy colors like you see around the Beltline in Atlanta. I mean, I'd vote for that, but most of Dunwoody would not. So Create Dunwoody is trying to convince the council that art in Dunwoody is in fact worth the effort and the cost. The term that I keep hearing is baby steps. Let's get done with you thinking about art with something simple. The everything is going to be okay sign is simple, but yet iconic, and it really defines the city. So one of the ideas that Create Dunwoody has was to mirror that sign in different parts of the city with other uplifting phrases. This isn't just the start of art in Dunwoody. It would be a great branding move, in my opinion, similar to the turtles in Sandy Springs or the painted bulldog statues scattered around Athens. Those are identifying landmarks that are similar, but all slightly different, and they tie together each part of the city. Now, again, I know this doesn't sound like the extreme ATL art that I mentioned, but um, it's baby steps in the right direction. I trust Alan, and if you knew the guy, you'd trust him too. My name is Matt Weber. I'm a real estate agent who is trying to learn as much as I can about the city that I work in and where I raise my family. Um, We talked to all all types of folks around Dunwoody and try to focus on the positives. We've tried to make What's Up Dunwoody a positive community on the world's most negative platform, Facebook. After a couple of reporter stories, I've seen so many negative comments about Create Dunwoody and the work that they're trying to get started, and the comments are from the art community. It seems like you'd be excited that Dunwoody is discussing art at all, not focusing on so much negativity on black and white signs. If you do have a thought on how or where to implement art in the community, please reach out to Create Dunwoody. They do want to hear from you. My co-host name is Justin Dyke. Justin is founder of PoolDues.com, which is a back-end billing software for your neighborhood swim and tennis. Our only sponsor is Brett Friedman and Village Orthodontics. Uh, Village Orthodontics is also the presenting sponsor for the big all-for-one golf tournament coming up on October 7th. We're going to sit down with the board of that nonprofit in the next couple weeks. Um, They've put on an awesome event at the Dunwoody Country Club, and we're excited to share that story with you. So please subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on that. Here's our conversation with Hayward and Alan from earlier this summer. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. All right, so we're here with uh, Chase at Contrast in Chambly, and uh, you, you were kind enough to lend us your little brewery for some podcasting today, and we're going to get into our real show hosts, or guests, in a little bit, but let's uh, let's talk about your uh, little setup over here. It's- well, let's, let, let's let Hayward is kind of the godfather of okay. the show. Yeah. I mean, he's not really part of the show at all, but we've been doing this for you, I, I guess, thank the whole you. time. Thank you. So why don't you ask the questions? <clears throat> well, I, I, actually, no chase. I, mean, I, I thought this would be a great venue for a podcast, and, and uh, it would also be quiet. They're closed today, but we're here all sampling a wonderful beer. But uh, one question I have for you, Chase, is, is how did you choose Chambly to uh, open up your brewery? 
having been in the industry for a long time and seeing where the existing breweries were and the growth areas, I uh, kind of saw Brookhaven getting to a critical mass and I still wanted to be inside the perimeter and on the Marta line and uh, it doesn't hurt that I have a never-ending ethnic food uh, culinary kind of inspiration source All at my fingertips you. as yeah. well. So those are kind of the main things and then it's also you know uh, you know now there's a few other things a little further up 85 but at the time when I chose Shambly there were things up 400 and there were things up 75 but there wasn't anything up PIB or 85 so for this whole thoroughfare seem like a great little watering hole maybe people can wait out traffic etc yeah and let's talk about actually where you are uh you're near the caboose right you're probably uh the frosty caboose maybe a quarter mile down the road is gus that correct? is next to gus is everybody knows where that is do they yeah okay yeah. all right i think a lot of people do yeah. well now they yeah. do <laughs> yeah. well even though you're not in dumbledy i'm appreciative that you're here you make great beer how did you get into uh brewing uh, I was a home brewer. I used to work in advertising before the economy tanked, and I lived out in the Pacific Northwest. And I uh, was a home brewer there. Moved back east after I had to shut down the branch of the company I was working for at the time. It was an Atlanta-based company, and I moved out there to open it, open my own office, hired my own people. And then uh, when things got tough, we had to ha- make cutbacks until I eventually also went to an independent contractor status. and. Tried my hand at a couple other things, uh, luthier work, making wooden acoustic instruments and glass blowing, and then... Uh, That's the widow maker right yeah. there. You can't survive long in that industry. <laughs> Just go crazy. <laughs> yeah, and so I uh, ended up moving back east to be closer to family because of those east-to-west flights just aren't uh, that easy when you're not, you know, making decent money. And uh, So, yeah, I was back here for a while doing odd jobs and teaching guitar lessons and ended up uh, falling into uh, an assistant brewing job because of a friend in the industry and I've uh, been doing it ever since. So. That's awesome. Got What's him. your favorite beer here, Hayward? I like the DDH. Yeah. It's uh, double dry hopped, is that what it stands for? I so believe? it's called Fresh Eyes. Double dry hopped right. is just a de- de- designation for the beer. It means that it was hopped twice during and after fermentation to give it extra aromatics. Yeah. All right, so on the menu, it's, there's an XXX. Is that uh, the kind of the category for everything below it, or is that just a secret? Uh... That, that's just one that we're out of. Oh. So instead of changing all of the I menu gotcha. around Moving to fill the up. void, I yeah. It. Okay. I, 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 or, or like you order that, and some drug dealer comes around the corner. and <laughs> be a lot cooler if it worked that way, man. <laughs> so how long does it take you from when you uh, start the process of fermentation to where it's in somebody's glass? So... The brew day typically takes one day, and then um, on the short end, we're talking about 12 to 14 days. Okay. More regularly, uh, three weeks, a little bit more if it's IPA. All right. You got cheese straws, too. That's one of my favorite uh, bar foods. It is a good one. It is really good. (laughs) And fancy Lunchables. Is that really what I... It's, so it's meat and cheese and crackers, but it's Genoa salami and Fontina cheese and rustic crackers. But the packaging is similar, so I just thought it would be fun that is to funny. call it yeah. that. Yeah. I like how you do have the snacks, too. I mean, yeah, thanks. There's something here. Some extra intention there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to our uh, our official guest today, but you're going to keep pouring samples for us? Sure. Is that it? Sure. All right, so we're going to... And I love this one. What is the one I'm drinking right now? So this is Artifice Pale Ale. Okay. So uh, the reason it's called Artifice is because it's an American pale that's designed to drink more like a Pilsner. 
So it's a single hop series. So each batch features a different hop varietal. And the one you're drinking is What's the Simcoe. Okay. Sorry. Uh, we've had four different batches now. And um, and so, yeah, it's to showcase the more subtle and nuanced side of each varietal versus a lot of single hop beers where it's more punchy and in your face. And what's so. what's the alcohol content on it? 5.5. Uh, 5. Oh, all right. So that's an yeah. easy drinking one. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. at 9 a.m. It's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Is it already 9 a.m.? <laughs> Kidding. All right, Alan. Let's Kidding. Yeah. What's, what's the uh, beer that I like that uh, I can't pronounce? The... Uh, Luminiferous? Yeah, luminiferous. Yeah. Yeah, that's delicious too. Yeah. You really have some good beers here. Thank so, you. Thank anyway. you. Chase, thanks uh, for yeah. having us. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got Alan Mother joining right, us. We here. gotta lead him in. Yeah. Lead him in. This, okay. this is where you guys do the zip the zippy uh, zip cut. There you go. Yeah. Okay, now we we've got Alan Mother. I I would say other than Hayward, he was what, our first big kind of known so around I town. I compliment guess. Hayward, and then you feel like you have to compliment it. Yeah. Oh, it's, compliment it's only fair. We're, yeah. we're, okay. I, would, I don't listen no, to Hayward it. told us about Alan. Oh, and right. So, no, yeah. Alan, if you remember, called you all out. Y'all were talking about the uh, Monarchs and Margaritas. Oh, that's and what it was. You're like, what, yeah. what'd they raise, 100 bucks? And so I'm like, oh, no, we're, we're having a discussion <laughs> here. I'm still amazed that that raises I what know, it does. 100000 Yeah, what they, just, they? they just did that again uh, in April, raised over 100000 again. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a great event. Have, y'all, have you guys been? Mm-mm. I know no, but been. it makes me think I need to be breeding butterflies and selling margaritas at my house. It's a fundraiser, <laughs> fundraiser. Oh. <laughs> well, I think the Butterfly f- Festival is coming up. Too. Yeah, yeah, yep. coming it's up right in around August. the corner. And that'll yeah. have your beer and mar- no, no margaritas, but I don't know, maybe we put in a plug for margaritas for that too. If, burp, anyone, burp. if anyone's listening. <laughs> Bourbon and what's the tie in there? I don't know. So just keep adding alcohol into any that's, Dunwoody that's, event. Well, since we're talking about Dunwoody, right? The Dunwoody, the Dunwoody stuff with the alcohol is usually pretty popular. I've always said it needs to be um, on the town logo or the the flag or whatever it is that we got. Some woman with a martini glass and. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Didn't you guys? You talked with uh, the tavern folks, right? We did. Yeah. yeah they, we so did. they're they, maybe they're the sponsor of the new Dunwoody logo. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> There you go. The citizen's flag. They have half the restaurants. An English town. pub twist. Yeah. <laughs> you called it pub and not bar. See, I told you I listened yeah. to the podcast. Well, let's make it something that the citizens have to vote on, and then I'm sure it will be the worst uh, yeah. possible what, flag. What could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Hayward, why'd you bring us here today? Partially because this place is really cool. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, Dumbledore's cool. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to slam uh, our wonderful city. I just think we have so much potential. Um, and we were talking about having lunch at Blue Top, and then this popped up, because it it's quiet. Blue Top would have been noisy to do a podcast. Uh, so I came up with the idea of coming here because they're closed today. You know, we can actually be here in the brewery and have a conversation um, kind of about placemaking and what we want to be, you know, uh, moving forward. So. That's really it. And Alan, Alan's a true asset to the city. Uh, worked with the Nature Center for many years and really brought it to a shining star right what it is now. Yeah, we've, we've been talking, Hayward, I, lots of folks that you guys about, it's hard to define like what cool is, right? What is, what's, why is the city cool? Why is the city not cool? And we read all these articles about, you know, Shambly's got this or Brookhaven's got that or Sandy Springs is doing that. And so when we've been talking, and this is amongst friends and neighbors and folks that have been Dunwoody recently or 10, 20 years or even longer than that, what, what does Dunwoody have? Like why, why do we move here and what are we looking for and where are we going? And especially with elections coming up and with a lot of plans on the table, but no real 
plans enacted yet. Like, what do we want to see Dunwoody become? And so we thought, hey, we're not like, well, we should talk with the guys from What's Up Dunwoody, and so I'll prop you back since you guys clapped at us. Like, you know. <laughs> we th- are cool. Th- they are cool, right. And so we're like, well, let's, let's talk to these guys. Like, they're cool. They're doing a cool thing in Dunwoody that's putting Dunwoody on the map a little bit. So we wanted to sort of have, like, a discussion with you guys. What's, what's cool? What could be cool? What could we be doing in Dunwoody? Right. Well, yeah, and, and I guess the point of this is that we're in a whole different city right now because there are certain things about Shambly and Brookhaven that we would want to emulate. For example, there's no bars that have garage doors on them, <laughs> you know, in them, I should say. Can, could you ever park over there, right? <laughs> Open it up? <laughs> No, no. no. We, we have drive-thrus in Dunwoody. They're just the CVS ATM machines, yeah. right? Or we, banks. Yeah, or sorry. Banks. Don't sorry. forget the banks. Yeah. So, so, yeah, not to, knock, not to knock on our city, but – and we have a lot of cool stuff going on, right? We have, you know, Food Trucks Thursdays, and we have concerts, and the Parks Department starting to do more events and wine crawls, and we have new restaurants, Porter Q. I know you guys just talked with – but I still feel like there's a, a sense in the community that we want something a little bit more, like on your – uh, Dunwoody Community Forum, community, mm-hmm. what's it called? Is that right? Did yep. I get that right? Okay. So you plug in you guys back yeah, again. Um, there's always a question like, I've got a uh, family coming into town. We need a cool whatever. Where do we go? And then you hear the crickets. And then right? you, well, you do, or, but then you also say, hey, Roswell, hey, Shambly, right. hey, have you mm-hmm. been to, you know, downtown Norcross recently? That's what it is. And I would I love know. for that answer to be Dunwoody. roll off the top of our head, top of our tongues, right, and say, well, here's 10 places in Dunwoody that we could do. And I think Katie and her group at, the, at Discover Dunwoody do a great job of promoting the assets that we have, but I feel we need, we need more still. So, so what? What, what, what do we need? What's, what's more for Dunwoody? Well, I don't think those assets that Katie would promote are the placemaking aspects, aspects that you're thinking of. It's like, yeah, we went to a beautiful hotel today, and that, was, that would be a place to take somebody to, and they would be impressed, but... Again, it's not the first thing that you really think of, and maybe not something you think of at all for, for bringing kids along with you. Right. I don't know if people in Chambly would be like, oh, let's go find a place in Dunwoody to go eat. I don't think they would. Maybe out by the mall, I'd say. Not yeah. the village. Nobody's But the mall make a trip to go to Maybe the High Street in the future. Yeah, um, so that's, that's you know, a great thing. That's going to be the about. Avalon. All right, so that I've gone up to Avalon. I'm sure you guys have yeah. gone up to Avalon. Avalon has a lot to offer. They have live music on Fridays, and, and the green's all populated with people enjoying music and walking around. I, I, you know, that that will probably be a catalyst for Dunwoody, but people will still think that they're at the perimeter and not Dunwoody. You know? So, you know, what I think is great about Dunwoody is we have that central business district, right, that is based around where Avalon's, where Avalon, sorry, <laughs> where High Street is going to be. And that's like our, our downtown Dunwoody. And then we are a, our, what, five minute Uber ride home from there or walk right. or a bike ride. Right. And so we can get back to our houses, back to our suburbs. And if we don't feel like going to, quote unquote, downtown Dunwoody, then we have all these neighborhood nodes that we can activate. So I'm I'm a village guy. Right. You're a I'm a village guy. You're a village guy. Where do you where do you guys hang out if you go out? I gravitate toward the village because it's a mile away. I never go to the village. Where do you go, Matt? Actually, here we go to Chambly. And yeah, even if you like. So if, if you wanted to go Friday, right, traffic's terrible. You get home from work, it's six o'clock, you figure out, you know, I've got teenagers, so they're gone or they're already gone, and now it's 6.30, so what are we doing for dinner? Where are we gonna go? Like, I would rather not get back in the car and drive, even coming here to this place, it's gonna take me 30 minutes on a Friday, right? Mm -hmm. I would rather go somewhere 
local where I can go. I think the problem that we have is when you go to a destination, if I go to the tavern, then what? Like, where do I go from there? What's your, what's your next move? Whereas um, a couple weeks ago we went, uh, uh, my dad was in town visiting and we had family, so we met up in Woodstock. I'm like, oh, Woodstock, right? Yeah, exactly, that was my reaction. Have you been? No, I haven't. Downtown Woodstock is, is amazing. Like, what, it is absolutely incredible. You go down there, you park. We went on a um, Friday night, random, maybe Saturday, I can't remember, but random night, we get there, and there's hundreds and hundreds of people here. There was a Better Than Ezra concert oh, on the cool. amphitheater there. I see, we've all heard of Better Than Ezra. Didn't even know they were playing. Went to Salt Factory, sat out on the patio, had beers, walked in the shops, had the concert. And that was a night. Like, you had a bunch of different stops along the way to make the night complete rather than just going somewhere. So did they have a – was it a permanent stage that was set up? They have an amphitheater in downtown. Well, I mean, gosh. You know who did that, right? Yeah, that's Richard, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. So, Rich, so, yeah, so Richard McLeod, who's our uh, community development director now here in Dunwoody, has a – incredible track record he did avalon too i believe mm, yep. um and woodstock so with hayward like your point with following hi- him here to Dunwoody. with high street coming on i mean we've got a great man for the job <clears throat> we do uh and, and you know i mean swanee is very similar too from what i hear um it's it, they they developed their downtown i've got a whole retail area and a fountain area where people can just park once and walk yep it's their town um, center yeah that's what they're doing center. here too yeah so it's a case of if they if you build it, they're going to come to it, right? So if we just put a stage somewhere in Dunwoody, people would go, oh, that's the stage where every once in a while we have a big event or something like that. I think that's a great point. I, I, think, I think there's a lot to be said for if you build it, they will come. Because I think, you know, the old, uh, the old quote with Henry Ford, and he said, you know, if, if I would have done what people wanted, I would have made faster horses, <laughs> right? So... There's an idea that you put a product out there and you do something and then people will gravitate towards and use it. So we've got a big planning discussion coming up this weekend, which will be after before the show airs about the the village. Like, I can't wait to see the turnout. I hope there's hundreds of people there. Right. And everyone has time there was. Yeah, it would be great. Hopefully the same way and talk about what do we want. But. We talk, we talk a lot in Dunwoody and we I think we, we need we're ready for some action. I would love to see, I would love to see an overarching vision of here's what we're going to become. You know, the uh, Sandy Springs just announced a 17 mile trail system. I don't know if y'all saw that or not. And they're putting three quarters of a million dollars into the study of the system to see how it's going to work out throughout their city, connecting both the north end and the south end and the river and all these different components. And that's a vision. What, what's, what's ours? And I agree. You see what happens with the Beltline. You go down to Midtown and jump on that Beltline. It's crowded. Yeah. It has become a destination. And even on the Beltline on the west side, which is a shorter length, it's not, a, it's not fully completed and connected, it is still, you have breweries popping up, you have restaurants popping up, and the whole area is redeveloping just from a 15-foot path. And it's, how long it's ago, amazing. How long ago did they do that? Year, yeah, years. it's like a couple of years I mean, from that west side that, trail. The west side just opened the west a couple years brand ago, new. but the Beltline's been there five or ten years. Yeah. I mean, opened, you know, and, and vibrant. But it's amazing how a trail right. can be an economic development project, and that's truly what has happened. And, and even in Georgetown, we just now connected you guys to the perimeter with a bridge. 
which is fantastic. Well, we were just over at the Ravinia, and I don't even think that they realized that there was that, that bridge back there, that all it takes is maybe a 10-minute walk from that bridge, and then suddenly you're in the back of the Ravinia, and that actually is a pretty cool space. Right. And isn't there an, a new development coming in over there? There is, yeah. Coming out of the ground right now. Right. So that so that's walkable proximity to High Street then. You're just right across the street, right across that little road, Ashford Dunwoody, yeah. from there that you right. could get to High Street. So now you've got that, you've got the mall, you've got some destination over there. So there's an idea, there's, um, are you all familiar with the um, Project for Public Spaces? Okay, so it's a, it's a nonprofit group, but they have this idea called the Power of 10. And so the idea is each city has uh, 10 things in it that you would go to see. So um, let's, let's take Dunwoody. So we've got Georgetown, you've got Tilly Mill, you've got the Village, you've got the Mall, you've got if you have your 10 areas. And then within each of those 10 areas, there should be 10 destinations. Mm. So I'll, I'll talk close to home. So within the village, right, one of your destinations may be the nature center. Plug. Um, <laughs> old plug. Yeah. Residual checks are still coming in, right, guys? Um, and then within that specific place, there's another power of 10. So once you get to that destination, there should be 10 things for people to do there. So if you go... Hammocks. Huh? Uh, hammocks, playgrounds, the sure. creek, the, yeah. The, the piano, a concert, right. bring a picnic, see the turtle, you know, whatever it is, those are your 10. So the idea is the power of 10. I would love to see that as like a visioning exercise within the city. What are our 10? And then what are our 10 within our 10? And then what are the 10 in each of those specific spots? And if you think about places that you go visit, so Beltline, right? So that's your place. You can rattle off. Oh yeah, ten you things. Got you Pond do. City Market. You got New Realm Brewery. You got uh, Paris on Ponce. You've got. I mean, you can pop in for the farmers right. market. Yeah, you, you go got to the skate park. park. You can go to. I mean, you do yoga. Yes. Yep. Well, and all these community events. And where we're at now, this is Antique Row, which you never would have thought twenty years ago would be a, kind of an indie happening. You know, an alt part of town. Yeah. Ten years from now, it's going to be real nice. Yeah. Went, even even when Southbound first opened couple few years ago right it was just kind of southbound and now you've got hop sticks and you've got this place and you've got blue top blue top and, and these are all what two minute walk from each other yeah. frosty probably too. frosty boost you could walk to all those places by parking at one spot and and we're neglecting one of the big aspects too right you can get off the marta train which i just heard rumble by and and take care of all that and not have to worry about getting to and fro public transportation wise uh yeah I was just going to say, actually, the train in itself, even if you don't ride it, is fun. You yeah. know, it's something that the kids like looking at. I don't, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't use MARTA all that often, but I'm glad it's there, and I like to use it when I can. Like, if I've got a meeting or something downtown, uh, if I'm going to the airport, if I'm going to a sporting event, I will take MARTA because the, the burden of not having to drive is great. I can listen to y'all's podcast on the way down. I could read a book. I could interact Club. with people. I know I'm all about the plugs. Yeah. <laughs> But you get you get on the train, and then especially like you know, you go to an event. I saw Hayward at Shaky Knees. I guarantee you, he took Marta or rideshare coming or going because it's great not to have your car there. You have that that you know sort of extra freedom um, of getting around, and and we've got that in Dunwoody, right? We've got that epicenter of uh, of Marta sort of right there at our commercial district. You know, it's fun is you, if you buy a box of gobstoppers. You got to be genuine about this. When you get on the train, <laughs> act like you tripped and spilled a whole box, 
And then the entire ride, they just go from one end to the next, and people love it. They eat it up. I don't think you'd last too long in New York City there on the subway, buddy. <laughs> or you'd be that guy from Seinfeld with the uh, newspaper talking about the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, another round. What are we all drinking All right, so now? this is the beer I like. This is the... Uh, uh, Fresh Eyes IPA, DDH. Are, are we going to be able to try the Grumpy Tough Cakes Oatmeal Porter before yeah, we go? That sounds like a bad children's story right there. <laughs> so let's talk about placemaking because that is actually a thing. Uh, I learned about that from Lynn Deutz the other day. She posted something up on Facebook. I think some city councils down in Savannah she, Yeah, they were about the, this. the GMA, the Georgia Municipal Association, has an annual conference. So they were all there and there's different breakout sessions. She uh, sent me a really cool like disappearing art uh, project that, they're, that they uh, demonstrated there that she was pretty excited about. How does that work? You gotta tell me. Uh, I just, I just got the text. She said she would send the links. Yeah, I, I don't think it's quite that sophisticated, but you never know. Not the best for podcasts. <laughs> yeah, here's a picture of it. You guys like it? Ooh, wow. <laughs> yeah, impressive. It's big. So what do you want with placemaking? I, I think placemaking has gotta be unique to each city. Like each, each city's a different, you know, personality. Each city is comprised of its, of its people and its places and its citizens and its businesses and its characters, right? And what things are going on there. So the, the idea of placemaking for me is kind of like quality of life. It's one of those intangible things that, you know, we can have a budget for paving our roads and we can have an idea of what parks we're going to do or how many police officers or cars we're going to have. And those are all very tactile, quantitative things that a city should do. And I think our city's done an incredible job of that. But we've been here 10 years. So I think the thing that one of the things that a lot of us talk about and a lot of us are saying, well, what's next? And that's placemaking. So what are those quality life things? So one that I'm passionate about that we're we're working on in a, in a not so secretive uh, way is, is public art, right? So we, we passed, uh, the, city, the city council passed back in October, a uh, arts and culture master plan to go along with all the other master plans we have in the city. Uh, it was done by a group called Civic Moxie out of Boston. They put together this great 100 plus page plan, which is on the city's website, um, to talk about, well, what is public art mean and we don't we don't really have a lot so that's one of those things that are missing so that's that's kind of like one of my drives now is okay let's get that conversation started well what do they define as art let's put it that way uh, no, no no that's not a loaded question i mean are, are, that is are a they saying, question is right it, <laughs> is it uh is this table art no is it is it music is that um like how many different um I guess fields is that kind of encompass? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, and I think that's why they left the plan broad. It's not an arts plan, it's an arts and culture plan. Yeah, and we okay. have great cultural institutions already in Dunwoody, right? Stage Door and Spruill and the Nature Center and Dunwoody Preservation Trust. And, and I'll include the DHA in there because most the of the big trucks. cultural events that take place in the city are done by the DHA, 4th of July Parade. Light up Dunwoody. Food trucks, right? light up Dunwoody. All those are DHA events that were there, uh, well, not the food trucks not before the city, but the other ones before the city, and the city helps facilitate those. The idea is that with a, a public art can be an event, it can be uh, something that's visible, it can be music, it can be theater, but oftentimes these are done in public spaces or within the city so that they're accessible to everyone, and accessibility is definitely a big part of that. Well, and you mentioned a little bit ago the intangible nature of it, and I think that's a good point is because it is. It's kind of hard to say, okay, we're going we're gonna to invest, I don't know, 
$300,000 into this and what are we going to get out of it? Whereas like if you're buying police uniforms or something like that, you can see those things. That's right. Um, so is, is, have you ever have you encountered this pushback of, well, what are we actually going to get? Of you course, know? of course. But you know what's interesting, Justin, is within most cities and all of our neighboring cities, public art, do you know where it's housed within the cities? No. Economic development. Because it's been proven that all of the input that you get from these public arts, think about the Sandy Springs turtles or you know even basic level um, art of that, let alone the jelly bean in Chicago or some of these major public art installations, they all drive economic development because it's again this intangible thing that b- brings businesses and brings visitors. Um, you know, just like we were talking about, well, why why did we set up? Why did um, Chase set up this brewery here in Chambly? It was all of those things, and it wasn't, I'm sure he didn't have a spreadsheet down that listed the economics of each decision, but all of them combined added to that. So with public art, it's, it's definitely a little bit more harder to quantify the economic impact, but it's been proven time and again that it drives it. I'll give you another example, and it's, it's kind of the greening of cities. Um, when I was at the Nature Center, one of the things I always did was try to collect as much quantitative research, especially economic-based, as I could to justify, like, what's the investment in green space? So the most obvious way for me to explain this to folks was, if you talk about the most expensive city in the country, if not the world, it's, what's the most expensive city in the country? New York City? New York City. Right. Where's the most expensive real estate in New York City? Uh, right Think, by the park. Central, right by the park, park yeah. right. So if you did a study and, and plotted, did one of those heat maps like the Braves did when they justified moving out of downtown Atlanta, still better. Um, <laughs> if you did a heat map on that, the most expensive properties are right near the park. And as you get further from the park, they go down in value. Right. It's the same idea with public art. So let's get art everywhere. Let's increase the, the, you know, the idea of sense of place in the community. Let's define what Dunwoody is and, and manifest that through arts and through cultural events and through you know, everything that we're trying to do. And I think that will help drive some of the economic decisions, whether a business starts up, uh, whether it's a state farm or a contrast artisan ales uh, that comes to Dunwoody. I think that'll all help. Well, in Donaldson Bannister Farm is a God. I hate that name. We just need to rename it. It's just so much. But I think they've got some equity in that name. Yeah, I know they do. But they said all the Donaldsons there. Didn't you see that? Yeah. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah. yeah they, they had, had like a over a hundred Donaldsons all there for a big reunion this past week. So, and and it's a it's a public park now. People don't really seem to know that. And uh, but but so I heard um, Mark Gall- Mark Gallegos did his Dunley Idol tryouts over there, and, and I visited that, and, and people were like, "Yeah, this is public now. You can just come anytime you want." So the next week, I brought my family over there, and, and we happened to run into Jennifer Betcher, and she took photos of us because it was odd that there were people actually using that space for right. what it Park, yeah. what is now intended for, and it's really neat. I mean, it's it's there's a fountain there. There's a little cemetery in the back. There's big wa- wagon wheels and stuff like that. So can you get to ten? Uh, oh, I can get to 10 there. Okay, I mean, yeah, Because yeah. that's, that's what's going to drive people, right? So right. what's for you or your family may be different from my neighbors who have been in Dunwoody 40 years and um, may have trouble walking, right? So the inclusivity part is really important. And that may be different from, you know, my new neighbors down the street who have little kids and may want to see an art installation. Maybe it's playable. Maybe it's uh, a concert like Mark did. Or there's, there's got to be something for everyone at all of these different places. Are we talking about the same thing? Throughout, like in Athens, where they've got the bulldogs all over Athens, have you ever noticed that? 
Yeah, I, yeah, that's. I think uh, it can be either way. I mean, whichever whichever falls into the characteristics of the city, right? The bulldogs throughout Athens are are a no brainer. Right. I think Dunwoody is a little bit harder to define. What makes Dunwoody Dunwoody? But but let's say I like iterations of the same thing. So we have a landmark, which is the everything is okay sign. I mean. What if, what if there was? What if people just started kind of uh, hacking it a little bit? Like somebody get, went and did a neon version of it. Everything is okay, or tattooed it on their arm, like I've got yeah, right now. Yeah, that's nice. Thank you, got. Yeah, yeah. Your It'll wife go, knows that's permanent, right? I hope it. I hope it is. <laughs> you know, you get one percent off your taxes because of that tattoo. I think it's good for discounts and yeah, right, restaurants yeah, right, too. Exactly. That would be a great idea. What if you came in with the tattoos after after they were given out, and you got a discount on restaurants for showing this, the tattoo? Oh, I think there it has to be go. a permanent tattoo at that point. But it's like Shaky Knees. Know. You know, you, yeah. you get to go to Shaky Knees for free. If That's you right. Shaky Knees tattoo forever or just one year? No, no forever. forever. Oh, I'm I'm in. Yeah. Can it can it be? I think this. I think they're they're putting a moratorium on that. Oh, no. Yeah, is it over? Yeah, yeah last year was uh, last. You're year. out. You can't go anymore. They wouldn't be able to see it with my freckles. Well, wait, <laughs> can't, couldn't I grandfather that in? If I show up with a shaky knees tattoo, no, they, they're not... they have to be registered. I they think you like should a, get it first and then figure out if it works or yeah, not. Yeah, That's yeah, totally yeah. worth it. Right. They, they put a chip under your skin. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's great if you get lost, Justin. <laughs> yeah, and then they track you. It's it wouldn't fine. be the worst of your tattoos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know... I also don't think you have to have, I don't think we have to also own art. We also could have art come in just a, on an installment base, basis. So you can have art that's just here temporarily, put in our parks, It's you know, and it's just enjoyed. Uh, that's what happens in Midtown. Yeah. Midtown Alliance, they have uh, art come in, you know, and they just, they'll place it randomly around town. Uh, it happens up in Roswell. Roswell's got these kind of steel sculptures right now all over Roswell. Uh, and it's not... They don't own it. It's just visiting. And it's, it's just kind of cool. But it does create a sense of place when you're there. You're like, oh, what's that? You know, and it's just, it, 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 it does it subtly. That's what's so wonderful about it. It seems hip. Yeah, yeah. that's the point. Yeah, and right. speaking of our sign, can I do another plug too? Yes. Because there's, I think the Sproul Gallery is so underrated in what they do. That's a, have, have you all been? Like, mm-hmm. do you go? I was there last week. They had the, the show that's opening. There's some incredible artwork that's there that, you know, is a great asset for Dunwoody. But going back again to what we were saying about the 10, when I went to Sproul Gallery, that was it. That was a point A to point B. I went to the opening and then I didn't have anything to do further. I didn't eat anything at Walmart. You know, I was too far <laughs> to go from the mall and it was also Friday, right? And there was traffic. So it was a it was literally an out and back single track destination. I what think. if you could walk two doors down and go to a hatchet throwing event? If I could, if they could get that hatchet going, and I'm looking forward to the Duke Pretty opening, sweet, which right? is great. Yeah, honestly though, you're right, Matt. If I if that if that bar were open, I would have gone afterwards because it I, the show the opening went, but I think I left at like 7:30. And if I could have met friends there for a beer after, then that's that's a full night. Instead, I I think I went home and I watched the Braves game. You know, it's. Well, let's hope it happens. It could be one part hatchet, eight parts darts. I don't see anything that could go wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think the main thing is we're trying to get people to think about what we can be. And I think art is part of that conversation. And it's, it's, uh, it's just, you know, a lot of people don't look at art and think of art. I've been, I'm a graphic designer. I, I was around art my whole life. My dad was in advertising. You know, um, and we lived in New York. We lived in London. I lived in these cities that you know, art is just a key asset. And uh, so it's just, what can we, what can we be? We've, we're ten years now as a city. What are we going to be ten years from now? 
and hopefully art will be part of that conversation. Can I turn the tables on y'all too? So what do, what do you guys, like, yeah, I, I, I did compliment you before, but I do believe that what you're doing, what you guys are putting out there with the podcast is cool and it gives us some credence, right? So what do you guys see, the three of you, what do you all see as what's next for Dunaway? What would you like to see so that when people say, hey, where are you from? You say, I'm from Dunaway. And they, oh, they have that whatever. Or the, I think just the city center would be a big deal. Like having the village completely changed. That, that's what I think of, of Dunwoody. But I never go there. So. Right. But would you go if it were a city yeah. center? If you could get there, right, even maybe bike there and then have 10 things to do. Go on and a date, walk around. Sure. Yeah. Or with the kids or without. Definitely way more. Yeah. I mean, I posted that up on Nextdoor the other day that I, I, I would rather spend some time walking from where I parked at if where I end up at is green and I can let my kids run more than five feet away from me, you know? Mm-hmm. And like Village Burger is a good example right now. Yeah, they got that great deck, but still on all four sides of Village Burger, it's, there could be cars over there. Right. So I can't just say, hey kids, just go do whatever you want for, for 20 minutes and leave me and mom and our friends alone, you know? <laughs> you know uh, the best thing that I think would be is High Street. I think we'll be at High Street a lot. Yeah, I can't wait to see what that becomes. And the, I think the thing that'll change for that, and I'll let you answer in a second, Hayward, um, the thing that, that changes with High Street is, and I know we're, we're also afraid of the A word, but the apartments there. Like you're going to bring in, and the, these are, these apartments are going to be more than my mortgage. Like these are, no these are legit apartments, you know. This is, that's going to change the demographic of Dunwoody, who comes to here, who decides to live here and why. And the other thing I think we need to be really cognizant is of the schools. Like, our schools brought, I would say, all of us here to Dunwoody. We chose Dunwoody in, in part. I know my family specifically for the schools. We've got to make sure that that stays as a as an important part and one of the reasons people stay in Dunwoody. So now I'll turn it back to you. What's no? I totally agree. I, I the, it would be great if we could convince Regency, who is the major landowner of the village, to kind of have a mini high street model and that's getting rid of a lot of asphalt i mean there's just so much asphalt there and uh the challenge is is they're 99 percent leased yeah. and so but it, you know i think the city can work with that uh by creating incentives and then also just you know i think if we put sidewalks all around light posts you know make it more pedestrian friendly i mean right now we're waiting on people to actually raise a building and then they have to put it in the sidewalk well let's just go ahead and do it so, yeah, I think, well, what's going on this weekend, which will have been a month ago when this probably airs, but is, is the city now going forward with, okay, we're going to literally spray paint and, and show you guys what could be here, you know? And, they want to actually run cut through streets through Regency property, though. Cut through streets or cut through trails? No, streets. Both. Streets? Yeah. They'd trails. be streets yeah. that nobody's going to drive on. Okay, so not, so not streets in the definition of cars, pedestrian he access. Saying cut through streets, like. Like, like Avalon, Avalon style, Avalon, yeah. You know, when you're yeah. driving through, you can turn. I hate to admit, I've never been to Avalon. Really? Yeah. Well, so people cruise by going five miles per hour, and, and a lot of it is to show off that but they have no a two hundred thousand dollars car. Yeah, yeah. It's just your driving. Okay. Right. right. Yeah. You're, yeah. It is a and little weird. In and that there's sense. a is there a designated like pedestrian walking part of it, or you have cars and pedestrians it's together? It's majority pe- pedestrian. Okay. So you know the problem with planning in the past is we always designed around the car. And that's what the history of the village is. And, and literally now the current planning is actually multi-use and, and trying to create a center and hiding parking decks behind buildings. So you drive into one central location, then get out of your car and then go shop. 
And that's kind of what we need in the village. But we need Regency to feel that it's a mutual investment. Yeah. It's um, kind of like in Atlantic Station. You've been there where yeah. you, you can drive through it, but yeah. you can't park there. Right. you got to just drive And everyone's out. kind of glaring at you, like, why are you yeah, driving why are you here? Driving yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if coming out of that village meeting, if, if a vision, right, in, in whatever sense of that word you, you understand it to be, comes out of it and that it, that is championed at our elected level because stuff happens at that level, right? Staff is eminently competent. I think our staff on our city, shout out to all you guys, because I, I think they all do an incredible job. But without the vision direction of council to know exactly where they want to go, they don't know how far to push it and what they can and can't do. So I think it would be great to have someone champion whatever that vision plan is uh, for the village and for all the neighborhood nodes and for High Street and for you know these other areas. And how does that incorporate into the citizenship? Because it's gonna change it's gonna change Dunwoody in the next, you know, ten, fifteen years. I think the population's change. I yeah. mean, you know, in terms of just the demographics. And you know, people are buying our houses and raising our kids and my kids are off at college, your kids are off at college. Yeah. So it's a different group. Um, and you know, we need to add that fourth P. There's police, parks and paving and we need to add placemaking. And I think if we add that fourth P, I think it'll be beneficial to the community. I think so, too. I think I think the way that I, I describe it, same as what you just said, it's kind of like a suburban gentrification. And I don't mean that in all the negative connotation of what gentrification is, but think of it as a turnover process, right? We're, we're undergoing a suburban gentrification. You guys are a generation behind Hayward and I, and you'll be going to your pools in the next five or 10 years, and Starting you'll be the old, old guys, yeah. yeah, and you it's won't recognize happened. the kids and everyone that's there, and that's great, and that's what, that's what keeps a city vibrant, and I think that that's awesome. But what, did that, what is that next group of families that's coming to Dunwoody looking for and rather than waiting for them to get here let's make it for them and then make Dunwoody a place where they want to come to absolutely well I think we should just end right there okay no yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Go ahead. You look like you some of What's the time he, thing? He, right? well, he's, no, it, he's waiting for another beer, too. Yeah. He's empty. <laughs> well, I, my friend Lexi Street said it best, is that she, she came here to raise kids, but she didn't come here to retire, you know? Exactly. I, I think, she, and so right. she played a concert at the Nature Center. But I, I moved here, I don't know if we're still on or not, but I moved here for the schools, but I didn't come here to die. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, and so it took a while. It took a couple years. Is this the Grumpy Tough Cakes? Yes. Oh, how exciting. Cakes. Round three. Um, it, took, it took a couple years of living in our neighborhood to meet all the neighbors and to have these discussions like we're kind of having and be like, hey, that guy's pretty cool. You know, like right. he, didn't, he didn't move to Dunwoody necessarily because he came here to die either. Like we came here and we're still youngish and still want to do stuff and still want right. to be active. And then you get the bonus of like all the neighborhoodiness and all the cool stuff that Dunwoody inherently has. Like that is so awesome. When you put those two together and you realize like, hey, this is, this is an awesome place. Like that's, I would love to see just more of that. Like how do we, yeah. how do, we do more of that? Well, speaking of awesome places, I want to give a thanks to uh, Chase and Contrast Bluing for hosting us. Thank uh, you. Cheers. Thanks, guys. And also giving us some, a few pints at 9 o'clock in the morning. Fantastic. <laughs> I've got to go, uh, right. go on the record here. It's 4 o'clock. I'm just saying. <laughs> Honey, if you're listening, it's 4 o'clock, I promise. Not humor. that it's 5 o'clock, but it's 4, 4 o'clock. Yeah. If anybody knows me, I'm, I, you know, have a good time. Be humorous. Anyway, 
But thank you, Chase, and thanks, Contrast, for hosting us, honestly. Yeah, and thanks, guys, for the yeah. discussion, too. This Seriously. is something we've wanted to talk about for a while, so we appreciate the forum. Chase, yeah. you can turn the TVs back on now, okay? <laughs> There's no TVs here. <laughs> Which is a cool thing. We like that. Right. All right, well, thanks, guys. Thanks.